Welcome to the Art and Life Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos. This podcast is an experiment in philosophical conversation, intended to inspire hope and inspiration in your creative pursuits. Follow along as I interview creatives from all backgrounds and walks of life. Listen while you work, listen while you create, listen while you dream up your next breakthrough idea. It's possible to make a life from your art, skill, or craft, whatever that looks like. Now, let's dive into this concept we call creativity. Welcome to the podcast, my friends. Thank you for joining. And I just want to repeat that. I really appreciate you listening to the podcast and putting your focus and attention in this direction. I really appreciate it. And I'm having a blast doing these. And I hope that you're having a good time listening to it. I hope that it's creating fire in your creative world and pushing you to go after your creative hobbies, ideas, dreams, aspirations, all of it. Just keep going for it. These interviews are examples of people who have made livings and lives off of the things that they love to do. So, today on this episode, we have Chris McDonald. Now, Chris is a chef. He's the executive chef at my uncle's restaurant, The Cowfish, in Lander, Wyoming. This place is an American gastropub, brew pub-esque spot it's it's lander's a small town and they they make they do a good show there they are a standout star in uh in that area and um chris has had an amazing hero's journey of a life he he's gone through ups and downs and side to side and uh yeah we get we get the blessing of hearing all about it today so I hope you got your creative practice ready to go and you're about to press play and get ripping and maybe get your hands dirty. I don't know. Getting creative sometimes leads to getting dirty and that is fun. So without further ado, Mr. Chris McDonald. Welcome everybody to the podcast. I am your host, Taylor Gallegos. And with me today, we have Chris McDonald in the house and he is an artist of uh, a few different lines of thinking. And one of those is the culinary. He's also an avid hunter. And he's, he's a bit of an artist of his own life. And we'll get into all that down the way. But first off, Chris, thanks for being on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Hell yeah. So uh, why don't we start with who you are, where you're from, how you got to where you're at, what you do. All right. Well, I'm Chris McDonald. Um, I live in central Wyoming, uh, a little town called Lander. Uh, I was born in this town. I came back to this town because this is where my family lives. And uh, I've been a chef for, currently I've been a chef at Cowfish for, this will be 10 years, um, which is, I, th- I think, quite, a, quite, a, quite a, uh, a length of time to be a chef in any restaurant. But uh, I've also worked for the Kitchen Sink Incorporation for, I think going on 18 years. So uh, I learned to cook in Des Moines, Iowa. Uh, 
at uh, several different uh, restaurants. I worked at uh, Court Avenue Brewing Company. I worked at Trostdale's Greenbrier. Uh, I've had the opportunity to work with a lot of great chefs in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, at one point I asked my first chef that I worked for, I said, hey, uh, do you like being a chef? And he said, well, I just can't imagine myself doing anything else. And uh, I think I'm at that point where I understand that. I finally really understand that. So <laughs> it's like a way of being for you. I, I, I think it's really is a lifestyle, you know, like at one point I just became a chef, you know, like you work on cars long enough, you become a mechanic, you build houses long enough, you become a carpenter. And uh, so I think I'm at that point in my life where I just, I am a chef, you know, and I can't imagine myself doing anything else. <laughs> I really like that. That's exactly how I'm, I feel as an artist. It's, it's like, there's the time where you it's like what you do and you're learning it and you see other artists who are fully developed in their career and you're like wow they're like they're all in that's who they are as a person and now I'm to the same point where I feel like it, it's like there's nothing else in the world that I would really fit in right and I think that I've gone through different seasons in my career where at first it was just about going as fast as I could and pressing people, you know, making an, an impression so I could move up the ladder. Uh, and then it was kind of into where I was trying to be super creative and make food that was, uh, you know, that people would stop or they'd be, you know, they'd compliment me and I, I thrived on that. And then, you know, eventually I've worked towards now where it's just mostly people management, you know, like, working with people like I like to tell everybody that I work with I want to have real relationships with real people you know being that that role model being that leader uh getting the most out of the employees making sure that the the spokes don't fall off the wheel type so yeah it's been interesting it wasn't uh what I envisioned when I started but uh uh like I said, I, I can't imagine myself doing anything else. Yeah. And as the executive chef of a restaurant, you're, you're probably dealing with a lot of people that are younger, that are in different positions. Like you, for you, it's your career, but I would imagine for a lot of people it's seasonal or it's like something they just do to pay the bills while they're going to go somewhere else or do something else. And then there's the ones who are going to be like working their way, way up into a it as a career for them for them and so like you're you're probably managing a whole lot of different personality types within that sure yeah i mean i think uh the the spectrum is, is of, of the people that work in a kitchen uh you know from the walks of life or what they're wanting uh is you know it's pretty diverse and the way that it kind of comes together and that we all work together to achieve the goal, which, you know, the goal is to put out good food and make people happy. It, it's, I call it magic, you know, uh, like you wouldn't think that it would work, but somehow uh, it all <laughs> comes together, you know? Yeah. So the cowfish, for those that don't know, is a restaurant that is co-owned by my uncle Jim Mitchell and that's how I met you was I was up there 
Uh, I've been there a handful of times. I actually was there at the beginning staying for a summer when Cowfish opened and I, I helped out as a server and in the kitchen that you work at. Um, and, and so then the cowfish, it's steak and fish as specialties. Do you want to just tell people a little bit about the restaurant, like what the food, the cuisine is like, and like how it, how that really works well with you as you as a chef. Okay. I would, I would probably characterize uh, cowfish as even maybe a, a gastro American style pub. Uh, we do uh, some nice dishes. I, I would say it's probably uh, a, a more, uh, more leaning towards fine dining type. Uh, if you could imagine a gastro American pub being uh, fine dining uh, we have a large menu. We kind of cater to, uh, 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 you know, pretty much anybody that walks in the door, you can come in and you can get a burger and a beer, or you can come in and get something unique, uh, something that you're not going to get anywhere else in, in central Wyoming. Uh, as far as the, you know, we have uh, uh, composed plates where you come in and, I mean, you order a, uh, uh, a steak or an entree and it's usually has its own side or its own starch, which is also pretty unique to this, uh, this part of the country where everybody's kind of used to getting like a baked potato and a salad bar, which has been kind of, you know, through the years that I've worked there, people are more and more open. And uh, I think they're starting to embrace what we do, which is really cool because now we can play with food, which is, you know, part of uh, one of the best things about being a chef is that you get a, you get to be creative and you get to play with food and you get to uh, see people's reactions and you get feedback. And, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, from when I first started till now uh, I have way more uh, the, the venues way more open. I can have be way more creative and people are more receptive to that. So it's been super fun. And, uh, you know, uh, I think as a whole, uh, I would say that, you know, I've been, I've been really happy with the food that we're putting out and the, the, uh, the stuff that people have been, uh, receptive to, if that makes sense. Totally. Well, and you guys are just so good at, uh, having quality, everything like the steak is like from local ranchers and, uh, everything's just like top notch it's it's a really great place if anyone goes makes their way through central wyoming definitely stop there it's absolutely worth it well another thing is too is that good food is good food you know you have to you have to try to make good food bad right so <laughs> if you have bad food then it's it's next to impossible to make bad food good food so if we use the freshest the best ingredients we use the best meat that we have the best cuts that we can get and, you know, a lot of people ask me a lot of time, how can I make my food better? Well, I mean, simply use better salts, use better oils, use better vinegars. Those three things will, I mean, if you just work on those three things, your food will be, you'll be surprised how much better, just using better ingredients. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um. <clears throat> And so then uh, you as a chef, like what's your, what's your favorite thing? Like, is there something that you really geek out on as far as uh, food or just like, 
Yeah, we'll go with food. Um, you know, I'm just kind of like, I, I don't want to sound cliche, but I'm just a, a kind of a, a steak and potato kind of guy, you know. If uh, uh, the simpler, the better, really, at my house. I mean, uh, I've spent my whole life cooking in kitchens, and you'd think that I'd want to eat, like, uh, fancy food. But, I mean, honestly, you know, for Thanksgiving, we usually have uh, – my wife makes breaded pork chops and macaroni and cheese. And and that seems kind of funny, but, uh, you know, that's that's probably just for my roots. Totally. No. And the, like the most simple things, the simple foods just like really can bring you serious joy, like deep down joy. It's awesome. Well, you, you kind of put, uh, you relate them or you kind of uh, connect them to something, you know, like, so uh, those simple foods kind of connect me back to my childhood, you know, uh, they, uh, I mean, when people come out to the cowfish, they've made up their mind when they walk in the door, if they're going to have a good experience or not generally. And, uh, you know, uh, and if they come in and they have something that unique or something, it can, uh, I mean, it can kind of connects to them and, uh, it, it kind of care, you know what I'm saying? They kind of carry it with them, uh, to that experience or maybe that time or, uh, that time that they came into the cowfish, you know, uh, if that means totally we're all we're all making memories though like every experience we have and and it it's totally special if you if you make it that way but it, i mean to answer your question more specifically i've always been a fan of pork um uh, i i like working with pork um in the in this area it's kind of a hard sell but uh getting my root in uh des moines uh, which is you know in the heart of uh pig country I, I had the opportunity to uh, uh, work with a lot of uh, pork, and uh, actually, we had entered into uh, uh, the national pork competition three years in a row, and we uh, actually made it to the finals in two of those years. Nice. <laughs> That's got to be some serious competition, too. Well, the, the first chef that I worked for, he really enjoyed uh, getting into competitions, and we would win. Uh, some we we would always get into like different competitions which was really fun and like one time we won a lowry's uh competition and i think he got like a, a free trip to sturges and and one time we won a girl scout cookie competition and and uh, we had boxes of girl scout cookies for about three years <laughs> nice oh yeah competition's great it brings brings out the fire in everybody sure um so you and I, when I was at the cowfish, I was having a beer and you were on the other side of the bar and we were talking and uh, just about flow state and how the whole kitchen, there's like a certain point where at times the kitchen will just be flowing and it will be like seamless and like the, the different members of the group are just working really beautifully together. Uh, it was really cool hearing you talk about that. Do you? Does that happen often? Is it something that, like, I don't know. Why don't, you, why don't you talk about that a little bit? Well, I think when you have people that have worked together for uh, any period of time, especially in a kitchen, it's kind of a family. And uh, you, you stop having to kind of uh, wondering uh, what they're doing. You kind of get a feel for where they're at and what they're, you know what they're doing. And uh, 
and you can kind of just focus on what you're doing and it just it kind of all comes together and it's kind of like uh once again i kind of call it the cowfish magic where everything is just happening exactly the way it should uh a lot of people when i first learned how to start cooking they asked me you know they asked me lots of questions and how do you do this and you, how do you do that and and I've told him before, I said, you well, you just got to get to the point where you're not thinking about it anymore and just doing. And uh, when that happens uh, and you get people that have worked together uh, and you're in the middle of a rush and the, the energy and the excitement and the, just the feeling that you have is undescribable. Uh, I think that's what that feeling has, is what uh from the very beginning was like this is what i want to do with the rest of my life hmm. yeah it's that like i mean it, it feels like that's probably like a moment of zen you know where because the kitchen is a very chaotic space sure. loud things are happening it's like there's how many dishes of steaks and everything like on the grill at one time which any any normal person thrown into there would just like lose their mind but meanwhile everyone's like cool calm and collected yeah or at least like relatively keeping it together i mean from an outside perspective it probably looks like chaos you know people yelling uh people running uh you know i i can't imagine it's been so long but uh it, it would probably be pretty intimidating if you uh uh we're just to come in and, in, you know, into the restaurant during a, a Friday night or something. But uh, I mean, to me, it just feels, uh, I feel at home, you know, I feel like that's where my mind is the quietest. And uh, I mean, that's where I want to be. Mm. Not to mention the heat, like all of this chaos and everything's going on. And people are yelling and hollering like orders back and forth. And you're standing over. I mean, what's the temperature of a grill? It's like you're probably sweating quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I, I, I guess there is something to that. <laughs> uh, if you can't take the heat, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the grease, you know, totally. uh, I'm unfortunately, I have uh, wear glasses. And uh, so I've been staring through star wars for most of my adult adult life you know the grease accumulating on my glasses totally totally um now to, to switch gears so you are an artist of of life you've you've had some big challenges that you've worked through uh there's one specific one that i'm talking about do you want to talk about that a little bit sure and that's probably uh you know, I don't I don't wow people with my great intellect, but what I do have is a, a story or a testimony or something to offer people. And uh, to kind of clarify that, I've been in recovery for now. Uh, I've been clean and sober. I just celebrated nine years on uh, September 24th. Mm, congratulations. Yeah. And I mean, that was a accumulation of, of probably 10 years of failure or, or but I wouldn't call it failure because that whole time I was learning more about myself and um, uh, working, always working towards uh, what I thought was an un unachievable goal. Like you didn't see a way out or any, any way of changing? 
not when I was in the, uh, when I was drinking, I, I, I couldn't imagine life with or without alcohol, if that makes sense. Well, yeah. So what was, what was the whole process of recovery? I mean, what, how did it all go? Well, I mean, to go back kind of a little bit, you know, I, uh, probably from the very beginning that, uh, the first time that I had drank alcohol, uh, I had probably, I knew, or looking back now, I can see that I had a problem with alcohol from the very first time that I drank it. I remember a lot of the things that I had going on in my life. Uh, I was insecure. I I was kind of awkward. I really couldn't find my niche. And, uh, I, that first drink kind of, uh, seemed to be the, uh, the answer to all these things that I couldn't figure out. You know, it was kind of, uh, uh, at the time it was my solution. And, uh, the, the thing was throughout my life that that solution tried to kill me and eventually it quit working, which was a kind of a really tough time or a really tough thing to happen because then I was pretty lost. I didn't know where to go from there. Um, so, I mean, the thing was that I was trying to get what I know now is I was trying to take something outside of my body, which I think as people, we, we do a lot where we think if we just find the right combination that we'll, we'll find that, that feeling or that, uh, that happiness that we're looking for. And I say that I was trying to pour it into a God-sized hole, you know, I was trying to pour alcohol into a God-sized hole and, uh, obviously that wasn't going to work. So, I mean, the, the thing about when I drank alcohol was that I would lose my fear, uh, my fear of consequence. So I was in trouble a lot and I was, uh, in and out of jail on and off of probation, uh, different treatments, out, uh, outpatient style treatments, um, drug court, and uh, eventually I spent a year and a half in an inpatient treatment center in Rock Springs, Wyoming. And uh, all of this, I still couldn't quite uh, get a grasp on or come to the realization that, uh, that uh, it was the alcohol, you know? It was always that I just needed to... Uh, learn to drink sociably, uh, or switch what I was drinking or, uh, I always had an excuse. I was always a victim. Uh, and eventually, uh, I began to be around, I, I had the opportunity to be around some, uh, some really fantastic people. And, uh, and through that, their sacrifice and the time that they, they spent to help me, uh, they really gave me an opportunity to, uh, get, some, I, I call it that, uh, I think I talked to you about this before was that hope is a, is a pretty powerful thing. And, and sometimes if you can just get a glimpse of, uh, of a life or something that you want, uh, it's enough to kind of, uh, put it into gear and give you a start. And, uh, so to kind of make a long story short, uh, uh, some, 
some great people came into my life. A lot of, uh, uh, 12 step recovery, um, uh, and some soul searching and finding my value. You know, I didn't really realize I had any value. And I think that, uh, once I started to see that I was valuable and that I was enough and that happiness and that contentment started coming from the inside that uh, my life began to change. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's awesome because the part of your story that really stood out in the beginning was that you, you didn't feel valuable in your own skin. It seemed like you were uncomfortable and awkward and like you, you know, really not certain, not sure of yourself. And I, I just often feel like a lot of people um, that have different issues with different addictions, a lot of times, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it seems like there's a, an issue with themselves that they can't, that they're not like finding the solution. Right. To. Do you feel, do you feel like it was like, that was a big key and like, were there exercises that, that led to that realization or how did, how did that all happen? Well, I think like for me personally, it was a three stage uh, development, but I mean, I started thinking about value and my value quite a bit. And, uh, you know, I always based it on what other people thought of me or what I thought other people thought of me and, uh, and kind of like, uh, what I, whatever, whatever I believed in, uh, whatever I did, uh, you know, as just as a person, I never took into consideration how valuable I was. So at one point I kind of looked up and, uh, there was like a statistic that said my chances of being here on this planet at this very moment, the likelihood of that is like winning seven, one million dollar plus lotteries in a row and i mean and you know like so as a person just as people i don't think any of us really ever stops and goes and, and takes in consideration that the chances that we're even here you know so i used to say that it was like having a lottery ticket right and and i've talked to people that uh especially kids you know that i've seen struggling with drugs or alcohol and uh a lot of times I'll go to him and I'll say, Hey, don't throw, don't tear up your lottery ticket, man. Don't, you've got the winning lottery ticket. You've already won, you know, let's see, what, let's, uh, mm. let's, let's play this tape through. Let's see what we, we can do. And, you know, and another thing that I, I realized that I was doing is I put limits on myself, you know, and uh, now I realize the only thing that puts limits on me is myself. So since I've stopped putting limits on myself, I, I, I've been amazed what I'm capable of doing. <laughs> As in like, you didn't, you didn't think that you had the potential to go above the limits that you were placing. Right. Yourself. I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think I deserved it. You know, I, I think I felt like I had kind of uh, created this world that I couldn't live in. And uh, that's what I deserved. It's so wild because I think that, there's a huge proportion of people that have different issues that, that it all probably comes back to not feeling like they are enough. Right. And some of those, some of those issues are issues of like 
overproduction and people just like working too hard and like trying to strive too much and others are like under performing and like they're just and how like just so many people especially to in today's world where there's different media that we're always taking in that is always like advertising is all like the whole thing is basically geared towards you saying that you're not enough as you are what you need is my product or service and so like especially as teenagers and young people we're just like absorbing this constantly and like it's no wonder that so many people have different challenges that they go through yeah it's real easy to buy into huh yeah absolutely um yeah wild and so then how did um how did you being a chef like coincide with all of this and and was there like different were there different stages of you as a chef that went along with different breakthroughs in your life or like dark periods well when i got into cooking it was super i mean even now it's uh drugs and alcohol are, are uh real prevalent and almost accepted you know the first restaurant that i worked in uh the first chef that i worked for great chef i mean in his office he had a full bar you know and uh so and then working at court avenue brewing company you know we were brewing beer and uh i mean it was almost accepted or even encouraged you know um but the the problem was that you know i was raised by a good old boy and my idea of becoming a man was that one day I was going to belly up to the bar and take my spot next to my dad. And, and that's, uh, you know, what I'd look forward to. But when I finally got to that, to that spot, you know, I wasn't, you know, I, I just didn't, I didn't fit in there either. So that was kind of a, that was a, you know, it was kind of very confusing and, and, uh, a lot of hurt, uh, and uh, it came out in a lot of anger, you know, I can remember, you know, uh, just they call it self-will run riot. Self-will run riot. Well. Oh, yeah. You there still? Okay. I was just kind of reflecting... <laughs> Um, yeah, you're reflecting. What are you, what are you reflecting? I mean, I think about my life as in the kitchen. I think about my life now in recovery and I think about, um, you know, the seasons that I was talking about Then those, uh, in different season that I'm in now that I can take some of those things and I can, uh, use them to help, um, other people and I can reflect on my family and I can see I have four children um, and I can see that the, the, you know, the, the last nine years, the life that we've had and, and uh, it's just a real feeling of gratitude. Um, Like the nightmare's over. Um, And and the thing that I have that, like I was talking to you before you, that before we did this, when you were in Lander, that, you know, those things that I thought were my biggest weakness are the things that uh, become a strength. Um, you know, they say you can't keep it if you don't give it away, but you, you can't give it away if you don't have it. And I'm just really grateful that whatever happened 
um, or how it happened or the time that it took to happen. I'm just grateful that it did happen. If that makes sense, that it did happen, that, uh, I can be here and I can have this conversation with you and, and, uh, uh, yeah, it's just, it's pretty, uh, pretty deep, deep rooted. in Yeah, totally. And so then your last nine years have just been like a whole new chapter. And what, what is that looking like? What are you, what are your, what's your daily life like? Well, the, how, the first three roll? years that I got sober, I, I kind of had to get my mind right. Um, you know, I'd been drinking and using drugs for, um, I don't know, 20 years. Um, and uh, it was kind of like the first year, especially was kind of a, a, a fog. And then I just kind of had to like work on just staying sober and uh, doing all the things uh, for me, it, it was going to meetings and um, uh, uh, some different things and just getting my mind clear. And I think that I, you know, I just did that. Basically, that was my focus, you know, went to work, did my job um, and just put one foot in, in front of another. And that first three years, that's all I did really was just uh, uh, kind of get my mind clear. And then the next three years, uh, uh, I worked on my spiritual life and uh, there's a the guy that came into my life um, who was kind of a, a spiritual advisor, if you will, or, uh, you know, he, he said that at one point he said, when the student's ready, the teacher will appear. And, and that ab- absolutely fit in that period of my life. And uh, so the next three years I spent uh, just working on my, my spiritual life and and, and trying to get answers to some of those questions that I think we all have. And then when I finished that, uh, I started to uh, work on my physical aspect of my life. And so then I got into, uh, you know, getting healthy and work, eating better and, and working out. And, and it was kind of like the last piece of the puzzle and it all came together. And I'm now I'm just trying to find balance and uh, balance between my, my, uh, my, uh, professional life and my personal life and my, uh, and, you know, just enjoying it, man, just having a ball doing all the things that I wanted to do when I was uh, 20, except now I'm in my forties and I'm just, uh, yeah, I couldn't be happier. Yeah, totally. And so you're, you're quite the outdoorsman as well. Uh, You know, growing up in Lander. Yeah. I was kind of, uh, I mean, uh, as a kid, we were pretty poor, but we didn't know we were poor because everybody else was poor too. You know, uh, I, uh, my dad, <laughs> my dad originally came to Lander to work in the steel mine and, uh, you know, the steel mine closed down and, and a lot of people left and my parents decided to stay. So, uh, we stayed and, uh, uh, you know, and we ate a lot of wild game and, uh, Spent a lot of times, a lot of time outdoors. It sounds great. Yeah, I mean, if it is, <laughs> if, if if it's the if spending time or the outdoors is what you like, I mean, you can't get much better than Lander. Within sixty miles of any direction, you can be on a hilltop and not see another person as far as the the horizon, you know. And it be a different, uh, you know, you'd be on a plateau or a mountain or. <clears throat> uh, it's just amazing. I, I can't say how much I enjoy living in Wyoming. 
<laughs> it's absolutely beautiful there and just like un like you said it's it's so untouched and rugged and uh yeah i got to live in lander for one summer and it was just so much fun and that was one thing that i mean i'm from outside of boulder colorado and i, I grew up in like a little town with some suburbs and there's 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 sort of this comfort level that I inherently have with being like with having people around and it's almost spookier for me to not have people around. Um, and so then there were times out in Lander where I was just like really confronted with that reality that like, Holy shit, we're in the middle yeah. of nowhere. And it's like, you, you just like can't really be that alone in most places anymore. But Wyoming's, you still got yeah. It. I I couldn't. I man, I'm just the opposite of what you just said. You know, it's like I almost have to get away from people to get my batteries charged. Totally, totally, yeah. And I I I definitely understand that perspective, like cognitively. But uh, the feeling, it's like it's just a different feeling. It's funny. Um. Yeah, what else? What else about cooking? What about like okay, so this is a podcast about creativity and art. What do you what do you what are your thoughts on like creativity, art, culinary arts, like kind of anything? What what do you Okay, I mean, uh let's just kind of think about some stuff. I mean, uh I've been very blessed in my cooking career. I've been able to work with about any food that I could ever imagine. I've had opportunities to work with uh you know uh your uncle sent me to uh graystone when i was uh i must have been almost 15 years ago i gotta go and see that experience that you know that uh that cia type institute which was amazing um work with some great food there um i've had the opportunity to work uh when I first started out working at, uh, Trostel's Greenbrier, uh, I worked for this guy named Troy Trostel. He was a, a chef out of Colorado. He had, uh, at the time, I mean, this was when con- concept restaurants were just first coming out. Uh, they had some great things that they were doing. Uh, he, uh, had a pretty good, uh, background or foundation that he built in Colorado um, he had taken an, a, an apprenticeship and back then, you know, the, we didn't have, uh, uh, where you could just pick up your phone, your phone and get on, uh, Google and, and, uh, f- you know, get, take any three ingredients that you can think of and punch them in and get a recipe back then, you know, everything came from a library. So you're only as good as your library or your, or your teaching. Uh, so it was super beneficial to work in a restaurant where a guy had taken, uh, an apprenticeship and, uh, looked through his, uh, folders and, uh, just really was a sponge at that point. You know, uh, we did fish specials every night, uh, different fresh fish every night. Uh, at the time, uh, I think he had won, uh, like chef of the year in Iowa at that point. And, uh, it was just really, uh, uh, a great time and a great place for me to start out. And I actually got that job because I was working for his dad, Paul Trostel in this restaurant called chips. 
which I couldn't have walked into a better restaurant to start out in. It had a full bakery, uh, a wood-fired pizza oven, um, everything that I needed to build a foundation was in this place. I came in, I was working for this guy named Mauricio. Uh, I was, uh, I think I was 17 years old. I didn't know anything about anything. They put me in the, uh, the dish pit. Uh, I told him I wanted to learn how to cook and, uh, they gave me plenty of opportunities to fall on my face, which was, was great. (laughs) And, uh, I just, you know, I just worked hard. I just worked hard. And, uh, you know, back then, uh, uh, I was making $5 an hour, which wasn't enough to pay anything. So I had to work two full-time jobs. So I remember I worked two full-time jobs one time for three years. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't making, you know, it wasn't like I had any money in the bank, but I was learning uh, a trade and I, I was given an opportunity and, uh, I mean, it was, there was a lot of good memories. I met, I met some friends, you know, there, uh, at that time that were the same age as me. And, uh, and, uh, we were, we were kind of growing up together, you know, uh, we didn't, we didn't really have an idea of what we were going to do with our lives, but we, I mean, we, that family, like we'd do anything for each other. And, uh, actually, uh, the guy that taught me, how to grill he was the same age as me when we started at chips he's actually going to be here this weekend he comes out every year we can, he comes out and does some hunting so we've we've even though he lives uh two states away uh we've kept that relationship uh for 25 years and uh that's what i mean about that the, the relationships and the bonds that you that you build in these uh these uh, restaurants and you know some of them he went on to do some great things. He's, he's, you know, he's a chef. Uh, he's worked in some really nice places and, and I've kind of followed some of these other guys that I've worked for or with and they've all, uh, done some pretty cool stuff. And it, it's been neat because like people come through Lander and they're like, Hey, I'm moving to Denver or I'm going to Colorado Springs or I'm going here or going there. And I'm like, Hey, I know a, a guy there. They'll probably give you a job, you know? Uh, so that's been yeah. pretty awesome. Um, uh, it's, that's how close knit the, the, the industry really is, you know, uh, it was kind of funny because in Des Moines, you could walk out the back door of one restaurant and in the front door of another one, you know, or vice versa out the front door and in the back door. But, uh, and it was just like people moving around and you knew where people were and, and, uh, and you could go from restaurant to restaurant and, uh, really at that time, uh, just, learn you know just be there cook some food have some fun uh experiment uh you know there was all kinds of that's when uh the the the, the gastro-american pub was just getting started i mean uh like court avenue brewing company and like rock bottom brewing company they both opened up and uh there hadn't been really that style of restaurant and they were kind of i would say at the time a concept type restaurant now they're pretty they're everywhere you know brew pubs are everywhere but uh it was an exciting time um and then you know back so there was a change that happened when i like the first five years that i got into cooking so when i first started cooking uh 
if you wanted something, you had to make it. If you wanted a cheese stick, you made a cheese stick. If you wanted a chicken strip, you made a chicken strip, you know? And then all these like pre-made foods started showing up. Like, uh, so now if you wanted a, a cheese stick, you just got on the order guide and there was 25 different types of, of cheese sticks. And I think, I think that I seen from, uh, at that time, I seen like this big move to go. It was, it was less prep, more consistent, uh, you know, and then I think like, in a, you know, they were saving money and that was the way to go. And then I think now I, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but now uh, you asked me what I'm excited about. It's the comfort foods that are coming back. Like the, the things that are coming back that uh, are being made in house. Well, cowfish, obviously, or most people don't know, but most of the food at cowfish is made at cowfish. Probably 98% of what you eat in cowfish was made in cowfish. So what's coming back around is people got tired of that pre-made food and they want real food again, which is exciting, right? So here's what is exciting yep. for me is these comfort foods that, uh, you know, like your fried chicken, your spaghetti and meatballs, your lasagna, all these comfort foods, right? Now we bring them back, but now we're putting like a cowfish spin on them, right? Uh, like we have a cowfish meatloaf, but it's not like the meatloaf you make at home, right? If you can get it, if you could make it at home, then why come to the cowfish? But like we can take these comfort foods and we can have fun with them and we can present them in a way that people normally wouldn't see them that way. Uh, and they dig it, you know, and it's, it's great. I love it. Cause especially since I really like comfort food. Yeah, totally. It, <clears throat> It's cool hearing you talk about these like trends of food and and also considering the way that the internet has changed uh, people's ability to cook. Like those are things that I hadn't even considered. But yeah, like now anyone with a phone can Google a recipe oh. on whatever they want. That's really interesting. And then but then like what you're saying about how it's like it's almost like the whole industry got like standardized and like monocropped. And then out of that, now there's this like kickback against it to isn't make that interesting, real though? food again. I mean, isn't that kind of interesting? I mean, you could probably yeah make a metaphor out of that for a lot of things, but uh, it is interesting to me. And uh, you know what really opened the door on uh, on the food that we can sell is the Food Network. Uh, you know, because all of a sudden mm. people are watching cooking on TV and uh, they, they weren't so intimidated to order food off a menu anymore. Um, you know, like, uh, Whoa, yeah. I don't know. Have you ever been intimidated to go into a restaurant and order off a menu? Cause just cause you didn't know what it was saying or, or, you know, uh, so that the Definitely. kind of the lingo or the, uh, the terms or, uh, all of a sudden food that was, uh, maybe, People were kind of hesitant too. They were seeing it on TV and they became curious. And yeah, I think the Food Network really changed yep. uh, the uh, the uh, what you could sell to people. Totally. And then all those those TV shows have 
different people going around and trying different things or like uh you know, like Anthony Bourdain you know you watch him and then you're like oh okay maybe I will try that thing that is like totally and they started chefs zone. started to become celebrities you know uh which is kind of crazy idea to me but I remember when uh uh when I was young and cooking, I mean, like there was only like, uh, I, I don't think there was even a master chef in the United States. Um, uh-huh. But uh, anyway, uh-huh. I remember thinking Wolfgang Puck, Puck was the man. That was, that's who I wanted to be, you know? And now he's got like restaurants yeah. and airports. I don't know what happened. Kind of blows my yeah. mind. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't think I I still like the guy. I just think it's funny that he's got. uh, I just think it's funny. He's got restaurants and in airports, but uh, yeah. All right. Let let me switch gears. I got some questions to ask. Yeah. Okay. So the first question is if you could go back and tell yourself, this is, if you could go back in time and sit with yourself, this is little Chris, maybe like seven to 15 years old. Uh, what, and you could give yourself one piece of advice. What would that, what would that advice? Well, be? I thought about this question and, uh, I mean that the advice is just enjoy the ride. You know, we get one shot and hmm. the, the thing that I would hope that my, young self would would be proud of the man that I'd become. That's what's most important to me. If I went back in time and I could see myself as a young man, whatever age that is, I just hope that 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 young man would be proud of the man that I became today. Yeah, I like that. That's definitely inspiring in terms of your everyday life and how you live it and the decisions you make and I can't change anything this is a funny thought though but I can't change anything because I have four kids I can only go back to the last one because I wouldn't want to lose any of my kids (laughs) (laughs) which is a weird thought (laughs) I probably for people that don't have children but you know, that's just, no, but my, that my daughter's sense. 10 years you old. Can't I can't really... go any further back than 10 years. Yeah, yeah. that's that's beautiful. Um, okay, so then next question. We're giving you a magic wand, and you can make anything happen in the world that you want to see happen. In And we're thinking like five years from now. So what do you want to see in the world in five years? And this can be in a, like a zoomed out worldwide thing, or this can be in your own personal life or five know, years any, from now. In between. Huh? Wow. That's a, that's a question. <laughs> uh, wow. Well, I mean, I have a personal goal. I mean, I, I guess I could say that I don't want to be shallow and like, but in the next five years, I'd like to travel to uh, New Zealand. I know. I know that seems kind of like a That's great. way out, but. No. Uh, it's what, been what do you a, want to go to a, New Zealand? a dream of mine to go hunt uh, Red Stag in the, in the Roar. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I've heard and, of those. And, and <laughs> probably since amazing. I'm going to be there, I might as well try to wet a fly or two. Yep. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be there <laughs> on his bus somewhere. I'll have to find him. He'll have to. He'll be my Uber driver. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. Jim, drive <laughs> me somewhere. I'm sure he'd hook no me up. <laughs> he's always been good to me. Yep. <laughs> he's a good guy. Me too. <laughs> um, all right. Next question is what is uh, one of the most influential pieces of media that you have enjoyed lately? This can be a book, an article, a magazine, um, an album, a podcast, or whatever. Whatever. You I don't know. To. I don't want to sound. I work in a kitchen. I'm I'm digging Tool's new album. Yeah, I think I've heard a lot of bad yeah. things about it, but I'm digging it. I can't believe that. I can't believe that out of anyway, my, so I, I, you know, I went to, I graduated school in 95 and out of all of the music that came out of the, you know, the Seattle scene, you know, nobody's making music and tools still crushing it. Yes, they are. I got to see tool play in San Diego. I don't know, maybe like in the fall sometime when they came through. And I'd never seen him in, in concert before. I've, I'm a big Tool fan, but I haven't seen him in concert. And it was amazing. It was one of That's the best not what you're, I've Is that seen. the answer? Does that work for an answer? No, that's great. That's exactly what I was going for. Yeah. I mean, and it's cool that you, you said, like, you work in a kitchen. And so the t- new Tool album is a big deal for you. Like, Maybe explain for the people that don't know anything about it, like what the connection between the kitchen and then music like tool plays and who they are. Like, Oh, I, I think well, your personality that, that comes connect? through with the music that you play in the kitchen. I mean, everybody knows who's playing music. Everybody knows who's playing music. You know, if it's the Ramones, it's probably <laughs> me or it is me, you know? And uh, so the tool is giving the Ramones a break for a little bit, but they're coming back soon. Uh, no, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, it, it, it definitely the music uh, plays a big part in uh, kitchen life, you know. Uh, and w- w- yeah, you, more so than what you would think. It's really interesting, the whole concept of like chefs and the people in the kitchen. And then so like my fiance Haley, she's a chef uh she's worked on retreats she, she's like a retreat chef but then all she's also worked in kitchens uh at restaurants and then i have always been like a bartender or a server and there's like a there's just an interesting like kind of split duality going on like two parts of the oh, yeah. like of a restaurant you know you can't you can't do the the restaurant without both parts um and it sort of attracts a different crowd like to the front of the house to the back of the house and um yeah yeah it's it's a wild dynamic it's i guess like and, and Haley and i we talk about how it's just like oftentimes the kitchen gets the short end of the stick in terms of like what i don't know like like the tipping tipping in the american culture does not really reflect who's doing Fair all enough. the work at a restaurant. Do you feel, do you feel that I, way? Or do you I've like, kind of let it go? I mean, I mean it's just yeah, like, that's a place that, you know, you could, 
gets pretty dark when you go looking in that place, you know, but yeah, I, I definitely think that, uh, that the guys in the kitchen work hard and, uh, sometimes that they're, uh, they're not compensated for the amount of work that they do, but, uh, there's, there's no perfect world and there's, it's tough to come up with a solution, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, it's tough, you know, but, um, yeah, it is. And there's, I've heard of different, uh, different setups in restaurants where like people switch, like this one restaurant in Boulder, all the employees take shifts at all the different positions, including server, bartender, chef, like food runner, all these things. But I feel like that would kind of, it wouldn't, that wouldn't be a good setup right. that you wouldn't have the specialists. Well, I think you that know, everybody like has a place on the grill. in the kitchen, right? Uh, and everybody can like, if somebody comes into a restaurant or a kitchen and they're not doing a very good job, I take that on to myself because it's my job to figure out how to best, because everybody has uh, something to offer. And I, it's my job to figure out what that is, you know, and put them in a position to be successful. I, I don't, you know, I, I try to put people in places where they can thrive, you know, and some people stay there and some people move past it, but uh, either way, I, you know, I don't know about jumping around that much, but to go back to what you were talking about, isn't that interesting how much different front house and back house are. And you just said you spent most of your life in the front and your fiance is in the back. And it's just the opposite of my, uh, I've been in the back and my wife, I met her, she was a server, but it's funny how we're, uh, maybe there is something about opposites attract, huh? Totally. Totally. And it's like at our house when we have people over, Haley will run a lot more of the cooking element. Cause she, and, and for me to do that instead of her would be silly because she's just so much better than me at that. And then like, I can sort of take care of like everything, you know, setting the table and making sure everyone's got drinks and whatnot. It's like, I think you just like naturally find your, yeah, I agree. You're young. I, at, some, at some point, I bet they go to some kind of standardized um, tip pooling, I, to be honest with you. I think because tipping anymore is is more of a – it's an, an automatic type thing, you know? Uh, so uh, I, I can see in the future right. where uh, uh, tipping goes to more of a, a whole restaurant uh, tip pool type uh, where people get a, a specific wage and then uh, the tips are split accordingly – but I mean, I don't know how far out or if that's ever going to happen. And there is a lot of resistance to that, uh, you know, but it, it's kind of moving that direction. Yeah. No, it's, it's not. It's definitely it's not nothing. a perfect yeah, but system. That, that's pretty much everything. And the... Yep. Yep. Agreed. Well, this has been an awesome conversation, Chris. I definitely appreciate you sharing your life story with us and, you know, pitching in ideas yeah. and the creativity. And the yeah, I was great, man. I'm, I'm glad you had me do this. I was a little nervous, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, you rolled with it. No big deal. Um, now, if anyone wanted to... Uh, you know, ask you a question about anything. Could they, is oh yeah, way? you Can feel you free. I'll send my uh, uh, email address if you'd like, or uh, I have a Facebook page. Um, yeah. Yep. 
I, I would like to good. close I'll, with I'll one thing, uh, though, is that, you know, minutes. the one thing I do have to offer is that if people are struggling or they, they just they can't see a way out that I do know a way out. I do know the way out. And I'm willing if people are willing to put down the shovel, I'm willing to climb down in that hole and together we can climb out. I know the way out. Hell yeah. Awesome. Love it. Um, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll put your contact info in the show notes and anyone can reach out to you. And, uh, yeah, I guess all we have left is, uh, I'm hoping that you have like one little bat last bit of wisdom. Stay in school. (laughs) (laughs) Or you'll come work for me and we'll have a great time. (laughs) oh that's a good one uh that's a good bit of wisdom right there oh cool all right chris well thanks for being on the show so that my friends was my interview with chris mcdonald the chef at cowfish in lander wyoming if you ever get the chance to stop by there you definitely have to get some food drink some beer uh the whole block my my uncle jim has influenced there and uh it's all so cool it's a great little concept you can see i don't know lander's an awesome place i got a lot of love for that town and all the people in it yeah that was great it's always really cool hearing people who have gone through challenges and struggles and come out on the other side changed and and uh really I feel like it's a version of the hero's journey. It's like going through life, going out into the wild world and then facing the dragon, which is actually inside of yourself the whole time. And then finding the key, finding the solution and then bringing that solution back to the village, back home. And our hero is a changed person from the whole adventure it's it's really awesome and uh yeah chris is a great example of that yeah you like to cook you should definitely uh get into that go check him out um yeah you can jump online and check out cowfish and see the menu there and see what they have going uh they use all super fresh everything from the local areas and the local farms and uh yeah the steak and the burgers and the trout there are unbelievable so i don't know that's all i got to say about that and uh yeah i hope that you are doing something creative in your world um cooking is an awesome creative activity that we can all dive into i've been jumping into it a whole lot more lately and have been really enjoying a lot of experimenting and we are so lucky that we live in this day and age where we can look up any recipe and then try it and you know sometimes totally fail at it but some but oftentimes succeed and that's great so get into it get into the the creative flow state of cooking get your hands dirty and learn (laughs) um I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, but the director, Robert Rodriguez, at the end of it has this little video where you're in the kitchen with him and he's talking about the meal that 
uh, Johnny Depp's character orders at every single restaurant he goes to. And it's called Puerco Pibil. But he's talking about this meal, and then he talks about this concept of a menu where you have your own like personal menu. And when guests come over, you can show them the menu and be like, basically, you start out with one meal and you cook it a bunch until you get it to the point where you know it by heart. And then you start and then you cook another meal and then another and another. So then you have like 10 things that you can offer to your guests that you can cook by scratch or like off the top of your head and uh, and make it great. And it's a really cool concept. I probably have like two or three meals totally down i don't know where you're at but it's a cool concept um yeah i think that's all i got so stay creative get after it chase your dreams live your life cheers <laughs>